With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I am Bryson Carver, and when I tell you we have a jam-packed show, we got a jam-packed, in all caps, show. Week two in the NFL is almost over. We got two great games tonight that I'm going to predict at the end of today's show. But we got to talk about yesterday's action. The Cowboys with the upset win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll tell you exactly what it means for both squads moving forward. The Cincinnati Bengals, that Super Bowl loser curse, it's getting them. It's getting them. They're 0-2 now. Dallas now with Cooper Rush is 2-0, dating back to last year. Also going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers beating the Chicago Bears at home 27-10. I don't think it means anything for Green Bay. I really don't think it means anything for Chicago. Chicago's a bad football team. I'll get into that later in the show, as well as the Cardinals and the, the Raiders. Just It wasn't even crazy. It was a stupid finish. It was crazy. All right, in Vegas, I'll talk about that. The insane comeback made by the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kyler Murray. And, of course, I will definitely get into the Tampa Bay Bucks taking on the New Orleans Saints. That was my upset of the week. I had New Orleans, and then Jameis Winston turned back into Jameis Winston, and not in a good way. And I'll definitely break, break down the fight. We got some suspensions in the aftermath of that. And, of course, I will also talk about the Ravens and the Dolphins. But before we talk about any sports today, well, I guess we're still talking about sports in this announcement that I'm going to make. So I sort of teased it on social media. For those of you who don't follow me, what are you doing? But uh, we got an announcement to make on Carving It Up. So let's let us let us cut to the chase. Let, let's, let's not mess around. The announcement for Carving It Up Live is... I will be part of a new podcast network called... The Grid. For the podcast audience, Grid is spelled G-R-Y-D. The Grid. It's a network consisting of all types of different voices and talents, uh, you know, who bring their unique perspective to the podcasting world. Uh, Carving It Up Live isn't going to change. Don't don't worry. Don't don't panic. Uh, but from now on, uh, the Carving It Up sort of uh, 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 overlay you see for the YouTube and Twitter and Facebook audience. The uh, yeah, over here you see the Grid logo. You're going to see that from now on. I am now part of the Grid Podcasting Network consisting of all types of different voices, many of which have been on this very show. You know Barry Grant Jr. from the All Even Podcast. How about Mike Guido, right? You know Guido, especially from the draft, NBA draft uh, shows that we've done in 2021 and 22. You got Ryan Flowers, my man, just did a show with him a couple weeks ago, Clutch Sports Talk, especially in the Sunday mornings. He'll get you, you know, set up uh, in terms of uh, of your, you know, if you're betting any games in the NFL, Ryan Flowers on the network. My man, Alfred Parsar Jr., uh, my go-to man for baseball especially. 
He's going to be on the network. My guys, I haven't had them on the show yet, but my guys over there at the Cowboys Cam Fan, shout out to those guys. They're going to be in the podcasting network. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Patrick Brown, uh, sort of a new voice of the podcasting mix. I've done some IG lives with him in the past. Uh, he's got the Chaotic Sports Podcast, which is doing great. Love seeing that man do what he's been doing. So we got all kinds of different voices, and it's it's unfiltered. It's no BS. It is it is sort of every it, – it's, it's, it's us. It's authentic. Um, and so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this network. I'm, I'm honored, uh, especially that, uh, that Barry and that Mike, uh, extended this offer to me, uh, which I took it. has been, it's been killing me to keep this under wraps for a very, very, very long time. But finally I get to announce it. Carving it up live will now be a part of the grid podcast or yeah, I guess you could call it the grid podcasting network. But by the way, subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Grid Network. I will repeat, The Grid Network on YouTube. Subscribe right now while you're on the show. You'll see this show. You'll see the show's clips as well as clips and full shows from other uh, podcasting shows that are going to be on The Grid. Got numerous other voices that I didn't even get a chance to mention. Uh, but been looking forward to, to, to revealing this for a while. And now it's official. The Grid Network is official. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's see. I got a comment here. Uh, it is from my man, the co-founder of The Grid, along with Mike Guido. It's Barry Grant Jr. He says, good stuff, my man. Barry, I appreciate it. I'm excited to be part of this uh, this this new experience with you, with everybody else. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of the big announcement for Carving It Up Live. So uh, from now on, yeah, like I said, here, here's the logo, The Grid. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Grid Network, also social media, uh, which which we're you know working on getting everything set up uh, in that regard. But we're off and running, baby. Let's go. And so, that aside, let's talk some sports, shall we? So, uh, to me, the game of the day, and we had some crazy games yesterday, but to me, the game of the day, without question, was Dolphins-Ravens. You had two quarterbacks going off. Uh, you, of course, had that crazy run by the, 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 the Ravens. Literally a crazy run by Lamar Jackson going 79 yards to the house. We're thinking, oh, this thing's a wrap. That was actually my, if I were a betting man game, uh, the Ravens were favored minus three and a half. I took them to win by 10, and I was feeling very, very confident until about midway through the fourth quarter. And, of course, Miami not only, you know, not, not only, you know, covered their end of the bargain, but they, they ended up winning the football game entirely by going on a 28-3 to run to end the game. And I hear a lot of people today, as well as Miami play, a lot of people today, this is Tua's coming out game. Tua Tagovailoa, he has arrived, right? And you look, if you didn't watch the game and you look at Tua's stat sheet, it is good. Tua Tagovailoa, 36 for 50, 469 yards, six, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, but six touchdown passes. He had two early interceptions, a QBR of 90, that's zero to 100, and a passer rating of 124. Tua by was balling out, right? And he was great in the fourth quarter. But let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit right now. We're talking about, oh, he's arrived. He has arrived as a, a truly elite quarterback in this league. No, 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 no. First of all, someone got to get out of the way. Numerous Average quarterbacks have thrown for six touchdowns in a game. It's been done before. Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, you look at names like uh, Matt Flynn. Nick Foles is probably the best quarterback in this list. He is, after all, Super Bowl MVP. Tommy Kramer. Matt Schaub did it twice. There's plenty of guys who've thrown six touchdowns. 
That don't necessarily make you elite. You can be great for one game. Can you do it over and over and over? Now, we're not asking Tua to throw six touchdowns, obviously. But when we act like, listen, Tua two and the Dolphins are down 21 points to the Baltimore Ravens. They come back and win the football game. Tua delivered the throws on time and on target for the most part. To his receivers, primarily Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. You look at those two guys, uh, Tyreek Hill in that game, you know, the, the big pickup from the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek had 11 catches for a buck 90, two touchdowns. Jalen Waddle had 11 catches himself for a buck 71 and two touchdowns as well. Those guys, those speedsters can get open as well as anybody in the league. They're not just fast. You can't just be fast. That uh, Otherwise, you're just a gadget guy. When you can run routes the way that these guys can run routes, when you can get open the way they get open, you can be a superstar player in this league at that position. And to Tua's credit, because we'd be bashing him today if he missed those guys, and for good reason, to Tua's credit, he delivered the ball to them when he absolutely had to late in the game, particularly in the fourth quarter. But name more than two throws, because he had two pretty good ones. Name more than two throws, you're like, wow. Wow, Tua just blow our socks off there. That touchdown pass to Tyreek, I don't know what the Ravens were running. I'm not going to act like I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm not going to pretend to be one on this show. I don't know what the heck Baltimore's defensive strategy was coming into this game, and especially once they got into that fourth quarter with the three-touchdown lead. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they were doing. Because, silly me. When you got two guys that can get open as quickly and as easily as these two guys can, I don't know. Double one. I mean, even Gasecki, the tight end, and I really like Gasecki, but he was wide open on some of those plays. It's like if, if Tua doesn't make those throws, Tua Tungabailoa is not in the NFL today. Okay. Like if he missed throws, we'd be talking about it like he's Tim Tebow. Credit to him for making the throws. But to me, there's a stat early in the season, two games in, it is early, but there is a stat that tells you this is all the Dolphins receivers, not Tua. Now I know this, the Dolphins receivers on average create 3.7 yards per separation of, of separation per route. That ranks eighth in the NFL. It's really good. It's top 10. Tight window throws made by Tua. Where does he rank? Tight window throw. So what's a tight window throw, you may ask? If the pass is delivered when a defender is one yard or, or less away from the receiver, from the pass catcher. Tua's 25th. Receivers are eighth in separation. Tua's 25th in tight window throws. So a lot of the credit goes to Mike McDaniel, the head coach, and the de facto offensive coordinator. Comes from the Kyle Shanahan system. I wasn't terribly high on the hire, but to his credit, hey, Miami's 2-0. But he's putting Tua in position where he doesn't have to make the, the Josh Allen type rocket arm strength arm. You're going to see Josh Allen tonight and see what a true superstar quarterback looks like. Or the Patrick Mahomes sidearm, you know, or Aaron Rodgers like sidearm fitting it right, right on the money, those type of throws. You're not going to see that from Tua. And I think Mike McDaniel understands this. And so when you have the weapons that Miami has, if Tua doesn't deliver those passes on target, we'd be all over them. And so, and listen, there is, there's not one athlete in any of the sports that I talk about 
There's not one athlete whose fan base gives me more crap, I kid you not, than Tua fans. They, they literally, ESPN, uh, uh, Pablo Torres, I think is, uh, I was listening to a podcast of his, he dubbed it Tuanon. It's crazy. I mean, they, uh, I was criticizing Tua last season and, and, and they went berserk. They, they were all up in my comment section and all in my DMs saying, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Listen, I'm not going to hate on Tua. He played excellent yesterday. I, I'm not, but he wasn't even the best quarterback on the field. You're like, well, yeah, Lamar Jackson is better than Tua. No, he didn't play better than the other quarterback on the field. Lamar Jackson, better completion percentage, no turnovers, and a better, significantly better passer rating. And he rushed for 100 yards. Like, you saw superstardom at the quarterback position, and he played for Baltimore. Which, Ravens, man, you made a mistake not paying him before the season. But that's that's another conversation many conversations will have over the course of the season. Mar Jackson, let's not lose the fact that he was spectacular yesterday. So hats off to Tua. But can you do it again? Not six touchdowns. I'm not asking for six touchdowns. That's That's, that's unrealistic. But can you do it again? Can I trust you in these positions? Can I see you make one big boy throw? Can I see you make one, as I always say, wow throw? Because Brady can at 45. I'm about to talk about Brady and the Bucks in just a second. I see Allen make them and Mahomes make them. If we want to talk about just your draft class, fine. I've seen Burrow make them. Made a couple yesterday. I've seen Herbert make them. I've seen Kyler make them. So. Can you deliver those throws? It, I mean, when because here again, Miami out seven teams aside, seven teams. Miami is the best best team in football in terms of separation, and Tua is one of the worst in terms of tight window throws. And you see those; he didn't have to make a lot of them. I mean, those guys were wide open. Well, I mean, it looks like college football. It looks like Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. It was crazy. So. Hats off to Tua for the comeback. But let's not sit here and act like this is his I've arrived moment. If he continues to put this together, okay. But to me, feels like a better version of Mac Jones. Like this, to me, that's what Mac Jones would look like if he had guys who would get open by 10 yards. It's like, gosh, I hope you can get, get them the ball when they're open by, you know, three three or more yards which is, again, top 10 in the NFL. I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not one who... I love giving credit where it's due, but I'm not one who gives credit to somebody who does exactly what they should be doing. Because they did trail 21 points. Okay, there was a reason they trailed 21 points. Two had those two interceptions. Right, he didn't play well in the first half. But to his credit, to the Dolphins' credit, and it goes to show you the morale of that football team, came back and won. So... A win is a win, man. You take it. Um, but man, <laughs> I don't know what I I I I swear to you, I, I don't know what Baltimore is doing defensively. I don't. I mean, they 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 moved on from their previous defensive coordinator who's now with the Giants. How are the Giants looking defensively? Okay, they're they're looking pretty good. That they're they're gonna be they're gonna be an issue. I mean, heck, the New York Giants are two and oh, who'd have thunk it? But that that's a defense that is no joke over there in New York and then Baltimore. Where they got plenty of talent. It's not like Baltimore is, it's not like last year where they had all kinds of injuries. They're not devoid of talent. They got some really good football players on that side. Couldn't get stops when it mattered. Couldn't, couldn't get stops when it mattered. So 
I'm not saying it's easy to cover Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle, but come on. Can't be open by that much. But we'll see how it plays out. If 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 Buffalo were to lose tonight to Tennessee, then Miami would be in first place in the AFC East. Can you can you believe it? And I and I'll sort of go through like all the NFL games that I, I don't do a whole segment on. I'll sort of skim through those later in the show. That Jets game, the Jets Browns game. I'll, I'll save my thoughts on it for later in the show, but that was my Bryson's Bleak Bets, the first Bryson's Bleak Bet game I've gotten right this year, and it came via an absolute miracle and via Amari Cooper, but I'll talk about that later in the show. All right, let's move on to the number one early window game that I was really keeping my eyes on, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New Orleans Saints. Week two, two 1-0 teams, winner is in first place in the division two weeks in. Uh, I picked the Saints to win. And it was 3-3. It was a defensive war out there almost. Uh, hold on. We got a comment here before I move on to the next. Uh, Grady Edwards, he says, uh, got a lot of stuff going on today, so I can't watch live, but just wanted to say thanks for the great content. And I love you, man. Love you too, Grady. Happy my Patriots got it done. Glad Brady got a dub versus the Saints. Absolutely, man. It's a good day for Patriot Nation. Um, it, was, it was a good win, you know, on the road at Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, shout out Grady Edwards. Uh, one, one of the best... Uh, one of the best in the business, man. He, he's been he's been huge uh, in terms of support in this show. And he's, he's a great friend of mine. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He says, Saints have always been a dirty team, and I will never change my mind of that. That p- People are going to have a hard time, you know, moving on from, uh, from Bounty Gate, which, of course, got Sean Payton suspended a whole season. Everybody knows how that played out. I think they actually made a Netflix movie starring Kevin James that had to do with Sean Payton's absence from the NFL for a year. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll sort of dive into that right now. So the Bucs beat the Saints 20-10. to It was a lot closer than the score might indicate. It was 3-3 about midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, I'll get into the fight in just a second. But as far as the game, as far as the game, it was pretty much what we've seen from the Bucks and Saints ever since Tom arrived in Tampa Bay, and that is, man, hard hitting. Okay, a lot of pressure on Tom. Bucks receivers are struggling to get open. Part of that is due to injury. Julio Jones was out. Chris Godwin was out. Mike, I mean, Rob Gronkowski gone. AB gone. So you know that that all sort of factored in. But ultimately what came down to is Jameis Winston turned back into the Tampa version of Jameis Winston throwing the ball to the other team. Never forget, Jameis Winston did throw 30 interceptions in a single season back in 2019, which prompted the Bucs to go after that Tom Brady guy and say it's worked out pretty well for him. But I'm concerned about Tampa. I'm concerned about Tampa. And I, I said coming into the season, I believe that they would win the division simply because I believe they had the best team in the division. They had the coach I trusted the most in that division. I mean, that, that division has some young coaches. Todd Bowles and Matt Rule, uh, uh, Arthur, uh, not Arthur Blank, um, Arthur Smith, I think is his name, of, of the Falcons. You've got, and obviously for the Saints, you've got Dennis Allen. Like, first, second year head coaches all the way around. 
So Tampa was the best team. Obviously, they had the best quarterback, best roster. I felt like they could win the division. And because it's a weak NFC, I trusted Tom Brady enough and that defense enough to get them to the NFC Championship game where I felt like they would lose to the Rams. But despite this 2-0 start, Tom's not right. He, Tom's not right. We know about the stuff with Giselle. I, I, again, I refuse to comment on that because that's not, that's not my business. That's between Tom and Giselle and wish the national media would take cue on that, but it's neither here nor there. I don't know if it's just that specifically or it's something else because, folks, I have been saying since June. Not Part of the reason I believe this is going to be Tom's last year, something's off. Something's up because you heard the interviews going back to last summer. He's talking about, you know, this great career he's had, and Tom's never done that. Despite all the Super Bowls, he's never done that. Uh, he's talking about, you know, uh, he's now he's taking Wednesdays off. He's like, he's not even practicing at all on Wednesdays, you know, to spend time with the family. Uh, you've got all the injuries in Tampa, and, and Tom doesn't seem to really be giving this sort of confident vibe in the Buccaneers which sort of, I think, dates back to the end of last year after the A-B fiasco played out. Something's not right in Tampa Bay. Now, that defense, that defense is phenomenal. Devin White's flying all over the field. Levante David had a great game yesterday. Antoine Winfield and Carlton Davis in the secondary. And that pass rush, I mean, Tampa's defense, I'm not worried at all about those guys. Those guys are going to keep Tampa in every single game that they play. Offensively, I don't know. Now, maybe some of it is that they played two really good defenses. They played the Cowboys defense last week, and they played the Saints defense this week. And the Saints defense is the biggest reason that I had the Saints winning this game because I feel like they get a lot of pressure on Tom, which they did for the most part, um, but not not to the not to the not in the way that I thought that they would. Brady's arm doesn't look the same that it does. It did. Simply put, the marriage stuff aside. Some of this might be just the fact that Tom Brady's dealing with the fact that he's 45 years old. We know Father Time's undefeated. We know that goes around. But even going into that game next week against Green Bay, that game got just got a lot tougher with the ejection and now the suspension of one here. Uh, let's see. Do we have it? Yeah, okay. So the, the fight between the Bucks and the Saints. Here you go. So it starts with Tom Brady. Look, he's looking at the Saints defender. He's getting in the face of Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, they're jawing, and here comes Leonard Fournette, shoves Marshawn Lattimore, and then there's some more shoving, and then here comes Mike Evans and just blows up Marcus Lattimore. Here's the close-up of Evans, and bam. just And we know those two have a history. Evans, Lattimore, they do not like each other. Lattimore has tended to get the, the better end of those battles uh, for years now. You see Tom Brady, he's, he's yelled at Marshawn. Marshawn's yelling at Tom. Fournette gets in between them. And these, the Fournette gets shoved by Lattimore. So, yeah, it, 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 it's ugly all the way around. You see more and more pushing and shoving. Uh, apparently, the NFL is looking into how much Bruce Arians had to do with this uh, because you saw Bruce Arians on the sideline, which I thought was kind of odd considering the fact that it, we know he's in the Bucks upper management now after, after Tom basically kind of pushed him aside in favor of Todd Bowles to be the head coach. But it looks like Bruce Arians was kind of yelling at the Bucks players on the sideline almost – almost as if to encourage them to, to join the, the, the brawl. I don't know. What we do know is Mike Evans is gone for this week against the Packers. He, he got suspended a game. I thought Marshawn Lattimore maybe could have been suspended, but I, you know he didn't blindside somebody, so I, I, I'll be fair to him in that regard. But I think it, 
Is this a heated rivalry? Yes. Very heated. And I, when's the next time Tampa and New Orleans plays? Okay, they, they don't play until early December, and that's a Monday night football game. That's nationally televised in Tampa Bay. That'll be a very, very interesting one to watch. But something the defense is great. Todd Bowles, we know the defensive mastermind that he is, and he's done a great job with those guys. Offensively, something's not right. Because in the last two years, they played plenty of great defenses, and it didn't matter. Leonard Fournette was running over you. Tom is distributing the ball just like old times in New England, right? Except he's got more talented receivers in Tampa. Now going into next week, that that receiving core for Tampa is, is really thin. Evans is gone for sure. Godwin is probably gone. That hamstring's still bothering him. We'll see about Julio Jones. Okay, Russell Gage dealing with injuries. Uh, Brashad Perriman, he caught that go-ahead touchdown to put Tampa Bay up 10-3, to and they, of course, never gave that lead up. Uh, Cameron Brate's okay. Leonard Fournette didn't have the game yesterday that he had in Dallas last week. Something, I, I can't put a finger on it. I don't think it's just Tom, although I think Tom's off. Something just does not seem right about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. I don't know what it is. But it's a good thing that they play definitely in a weak division and more importantly, in a weak conference. Because if they were in the AFC, I'd pick them to get to the playoffs because I'm going to respect the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not sure they win a playoff game in the AFC. I'm serious. I, I, I'm not a thousand percent sure Tampa Bay would get out of the wild card game. So thankfully for them, they do play in the, in the NFC. But yes, just there's something not... When you look at the other contenders around the league... There's a lot of optimism, right? There's even, even teams that have lost a game, the Rams, right? And they almost blew that big lead to Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, the irony of the day, almost came back from 28-3. You ever heard that before, Falcons fans? The Falcons almost came back from 28-3 on the defending champion Rams. But even after the game, Jalen Ramsey's, uh, uh, you know, he's enthusiastic. And of course, Sean McVay is always enthusiastic. So is Stafford. Like everybody's in pretty good spirits in LA with the Rams. Kansas City, same thing. Uh, heck, in Dallas today, all it took was one win, and it's good times are back again in, in, in Jerry World. Everybody's happy in Dallas. Tampa, it is doom and gloom right now. I don't know if it's Tom's mood is almost like setting the, 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 the morale of the team. I don't know. But that was, that was not a, I wouldn't call it a discouraging win because I've seen discouraging wins. That wasn't one of them. But some, something's up. Something's up with the Bucs, and it's not just Tom uh, and, and his uh, situation off the field. So we'll see what happens with the Buccaneers moving forward. But, man, that, that fight was wild. We know these two teams don't like each other, and we know that Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore have had their battles in the past, more, most specifically Lattimore's rookie year in 2017. They had a scuffle, but that one was – we may have the fight of the year two weeks in. But we'll see. Maybe we'll have the fight of the year in early December when these two teams square off again. And hopefully they don't square up because, man, that could, that could get really bad. The NFL could lay even more severe fines and, and suspensions. But that was a crazy day in the NFL yesterday. I mean, the, the early window games were really good. Getting at the Jets and Browns comeback. Again, I just finished talking about the Dolphins and the Ravens. Saints-Bucks was good. Giants-Panthers was a little boring, you know, for a three-point win, as was Patriots-Steelers. <laughs> Jags do what the Jags always do at home to the Colts. I'll talk about that later in the show. But the 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 four the well in in my in uh, side of the country, Eastern Standard Time, the four o'clock games, if you will, 
crazy. And I'm about to talk about one of them right now, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. I think pulling the upset of the day against the Cincinnati Bengals by a final score of 20-17. to 17. So there's a lot to digest from this game. Um, I'm going to start with Dallas first before I move to Cincinnati because I got, I got some thoughts on Cincinnati. Let me start with Dallas. Dallas won that game in the exact fashion that I think they wanted to win that game. Not necessarily with the walk-off field goal and all that. Of course, everybody's flying high after a walk-off field goal. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. Especially a long field goal from 50 yards out by Brett Maher. But what did the Cowboys do? Especially early. Th thankfully enough for them, they committed to running the football early on to where they could build a lead, hold off Cincinnati for about as long as they could before the game got tied at 17 with three minutes and change to go. And then they ended up, of course, winning it at, 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 you know, at the buzzer, if you will. But Dallas ran the football route, right? You had Ezekiel Elliott, 15 carries for 53, 3.5 yards a carry. Tony Pollard was excellent. Uh, you, you had that pitch to him that actually went for a, was, was called a pass from a, a – actually, it wasn't – yeah, yeah, it was called a pass from Cooper Rush to, to Tony Pollard. Otherwise, Pollard would have had close to 100 yards. Uh, he had 43 carries – I'm sorry, 43 yards on nine carries. That's 4.8 yards a clip. A CD land, they ran the ball with him. And they distributed the ball off the play action. Right, we understand obviously Cooper Rush is not Dak Prescott, but Cowboys coaches touched on this, and this is what you want from every backup quarterback. You don't want to have to change the offense much for the backup quarterback if the starter goes down. Right? You want, I mean, uh, in in New England, who was Tom Brady's backup four years? Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is is poor man's Tom Brady. Okay, a couple of years ago, RG three was was Lamar Jackson's backup. Perfect. Same RG three is a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Like you don't, you do not want to have to change the offense if the starter goes down. That's why I've always been like Cam Newton is not a good fit as a backup quarterback because he's so different from the majority of quarterbacks in this league in terms of he's very athletic, you know, big, strong, not terribly accurate, and so you'd have to change things a little bit for Cam. Cooper Rush is a great backup for Dak, right? He's not as he's obviously not as mobile as Dak. Doesn't have the arm Dak does, but he's he's pretty accurate. We know Dak's very accurate. Cooper Rush is pretty accurate. And so when you have him in these second and five or third and four type situations where you can play action, if especially if you're in Cincinnati territory, and, and hit uh, Noah Brown open, or you can hit CeeDee Lamb, right? You know, Dalton Schultz caught a pass and fumbled. It looks like Dalton Schultz might be out. I think it was a PCL tear, maybe is what I read from, from Todd Archer earlier today. So we'll see where that progresses. But Dallas, with their backup quarterback, at least in the first half, did exactly what they were supposed to. Run the ball, which they did last week well against Tampa. Don't know why they abandoned it. Actually, I do know why Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. That's why, that's why they abandoned it. But running the ball and working off the play action. Not sort of like what Mike McDaniel did with Tua. Not making Cooper Rush have to make great throws. Not make him have to fit the ball in those you know, tight windows. Right, The big throws that Cooper Rush made outside of the tipped pass that Noah Brown caught on the last drive, most of those were in rhythm, receivers pretty open, created some good separation, and he delivered it more times than not. He delivered it on time and on target. So credit to Cooper Rush. Micah Parsons, <laughs> breaking news, Micah Parsons is a very good football player and not a very good football player. He is a lion backer. D dude... He's phenomenal. There's a reason I picked that man to win defensive player of the year, especially after what he did his rookie year last year. He's unblockable. 
And when you've got Cincinnati, which I'm going to talk about the Bengals in just a second, but when you've got Cincinnati, I don't know what they're doing. How many times did Micah Parsons just run free and they didn't double him? If Demarcus Lawrence beats you because he got to Joe Burrow three times, okay, Demarcus Lawrence is not the pass rusher he used to be. But Micah Parsons, one of the five best defensive players in all of football, very well might be the best right now that TJ Watt is down and you know, probably not better than Aaron Donald, but top three is without a question. And a couple times you left him unblocked. I don't know what Cincinnati's thinking on that end. So Micah Parsons was just fantastic. Okay, he's, he's, he's without question the best player in the Cowboys. And that Cowboys defense is going to be their bright spot this year because we know that offense. I detailed, <laughs> I, I, I went into deep detail about that last week about why Dak struggled because simply put, Receivers can't get open. More often than not, those Cowboys receivers, I mean, CeeDee Lamb's not a number one receiver. I think that's been fairly established at this point, right? Noah Brown, good. Cooper Rush seems to have a good rapport with him. So does Dak, uh, not really CD, right? You, you've got possibly Jalen Tolbert coming back from injury. You got, again, that Dennis Houston kid and the Semi Fajoko kid. Dalton Schultz is now hurt. <laughs> we talked about Miami earlier. Like, they create separation better than almost everybody in the NFL. I haven't checked where Dallas is in that regard. It can't be high. It cannot be high the way that, that, that they've been looking the first two games. Okay, so the offense is, is going to struggle with or without Dak. The defense, though, is, is going to keep them in some of these games. Trayvon Diggs, I like what I'm seeing from Trayvon Diggs right now. Here's what I'm seeing from him. Because we understand last year, 11 interceptions, most yards giving up in the league. It, it gave up over 1,000 yards last year. And that, to me, had a direct correlation look at Deion Sanders when he came to the NFL best corner of all time right his interception numbers went down as he as he especially even his prime years <laughs> quote unquote prime years right when he was at the peak of his powers his interception numbers did not blow you away why nobody's throwing at Deion Sanders Are you kidding me Richard Sherman Richard Sherman was in his prime memory first he came into the league he had like seven picks and as he, when he was in his prime, he'd have two picks a year. Why? Nobody's throwing to Richard Sherman. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Last year, for a man who had 11 interceptions, they just kept attacking, attacking Trayvon Diggs. Why? He's aggressive. I called him the Kenny Rogers song. He, he's the gambler. You know, he, he's, he's going to, it's, it's, it's boom or bust for him. It's interception or it's long touchdown given up or long game given up. This year, I'm seeing a different Trayvon Diggs. He, he is still kind of learning the position. He, Nick Saban converted him from a receiver to a corner at Alabama in, in college. So he's still kind of learning the cornerback position. I think he's taking a big step this offseason uh, in between last year and this year. Right, staying with this guy, he did a very, very, very good job on Jamar Chase. Staying with him, not being too overly aggressive, just stay with your man, play within the, the scheme. Dallas likes to run a man, man-to-man. Dan Quinn likes to run that. Right, So stay with your man and, and get the job done. If you get an opportunity to get an interception, take it. We know Trayvon's got great hands because he was a wide receiver before he transitioned to a corner. But stay with your man, don't, don't gamble. I like what I'm seeing from Trayvon Diggs and really the Cowboys defense as a whole. 
Now that I've given Dallas their props, and by the way, I still don't believe this team's going to win the division because they're worse than I thought, and I didn't have high expectations coming into this year. But let's move on to Cincinnati. It's what I really want to get at. Um, how do I how do I put this? The Bengals are going to turn Joe Burrow into Andrew Luck, and this is what I feared when they drafted him number one overall two and a half years ago. You guys, people might remember, I was not high on Joe Burrow coming out of LSU. Now, he certainly has adjusted to the NFL game way better than I thought he would. But part of the reason, maybe the biggest reason, that I thought Joe Burrow would not pan out in the NFL is what you saw yesterday and what you saw last week and what you saw in the Super Bowl and what you saw in the AFC Championship game and the divisional route. That offensive line can't protect him. They can't. To put it into context, Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times last year, which led the NFL, okay? He was sacked, he's been sacked 13 times two games in this year. He is on pace to be sacked 111 times this season. That's not even counting the hits he's taken. Now, some of this is on Joe Burrow for holding the ball too long. Some of it also is on the coaching staff for making him, for, for a lot of these deep dropbacks, having to hold the ball on time, waiting for the play to develop, and him having to take these hits. Many in the media, including someone in my own, someone who lives in this house with me, uh, not going to throw out any names, <coughs> Chloe, uh, calls him Baby Brady. Right, He's the next version of Tom Brady. He's cool, calm, collected. He's, he tends to be clutch more times than not. He's not going to get even the, I think it's ludicrous, but even if, even if he does, he's not even going to get the chance to. Why is that? What has been probably the biggest constant of Tom Brady's career in terms of what has been put around him? More than any unit that has been around Tom Brady in his career, certainly more than wide receiving the wide receiver unit. Uh, he didn't always have Gronk you know, before 2010. The defense is great early on, average in the middle, pretty good at the end, and then very good in Tampa, the one constant, Tom has always had a great offensive line. And those Patriots coaches, and now Bucks coaches, have really put an emphasis on what Tom's, we, what we always talk about with Tom Brady. What's he better at? Part of what makes him the GOAT. What, what, what is he better at than any quarterback in history? Getting the ball out of his hands quickly. If the offensive line has a few injuries, no matter. Get the ball out quickly. Some of that's on Burrow. Some of that's on the coaching staff. A lot of it goes on the O-line. What do we know about Andrew Luck? Blew us away with his talent. First three years in the NFL, leads the Colts to the playoffs. Year four, lacerated kidney. Somehow finished the game and beat an elite Broncos defense that afternoon in Indianapolis. 2016, major injury. 2017, missed the entire season. He played 2018, one comeback player of the year. And that was the last we saw of Andrew Luck in the National Football League. Because of the fact that the Colts, and it's so ironic, it's so similar to what Cincinnati's doing. The Colts put some tremendous wide receivers around Andrew Luck. It doesn't matter if he's on his butt the whole game. Because the offensive line can't protect. Cincinnati's doing the exact same thing. Jamar Chase blows you away with his talent. So does T. Higgins. So does Tyler Boyd. Very good slot receiver. Hayden Hurst is an excellent pass-catching tight end. 
doesn't matter. Joe Burrow's getting hit almost every play. Joe Burrow has been sacked more times than the other quarterbacks in his own division combined. Steelers quarterbacks, Ravens quarterbacks, and Browns quarterbacks have been sacked a total of eight times. Joe Burrow, 13 by himself. He's on pace, I repeat to you, to be sacked 111 times this season. The record is like 70. They're, they're going to end his career before it even gets a chance to start. So, and t- t- listen, Cincinnati, to their credit, they went out and got Alex Kappa from Tampa. They went out and got Lyle Collins from Dallas. <laughs> some of it's on the coaches. Some of it's on Joe. Andrew Luck was the same way. Remember Andrew Luck? Sometimes he, I always criticize. I loved Andrew Luck, but my biggest criticism was always, he wants every play to be the greatest play ever. He's going to hold the ball, hold the ball. He's going to make it happen. And he, he, maybe he'd get the ball away, but it wouldn't come without some serious, serious punishment. Kind of the same with Joe Burrow. So everybody's to blame here, but none more than the Bengals' offensive line. If they don't get this fixed soon, and I mean like in the next like year or two, Joe Burrow's not going to last 10 years in the NFL. He, you can't take that. I know they've obviously changed the rules in the last few years to protect quarterbacks, he he won't last a decade if if this is going to be what's what keeps happening for for the, for the Bengals. Remember, his offensive line led to him having a career threatening injury his rookie year. Remember against Washington, he had that nasty knee injury. Obviously, missed the rest of the season. One comeback player of the year last year. <laughs> Forget ten years. Joe Burrow's not going to survive this season if they don't sure up that offensive line. And again, to 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 Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach. Plenty of playmakers for Cincinnati. Plenty of guys who, when you get the ball in their hands, they can make plays after the catch. Do that. Not every play has to be 20 yards down the field. You can run the ball more, right? Joe Mixon is an excellent running back. Cincinnati does a really good job run blocking. That's the strength of their offensive line without a question. Run the ball more. Get those guys out with the ball in space. It doesn't have to be deep drops every time for Joe Burrow. And we saw it again yesterday. Micah Parsons had an afternoon against Burrow. The Cowboys defense in total had six sacks. Micah's amazing. The rest of the defensive line is, is pretty good. It ain't that good. It ain't six sacks a game good. Gotta sure it up. I, I don't ever, ever, I don't want to see anybody's career come to an end early, especially due to injury. But when you've got one of the generational talents in this league, Man, you don't want to see it wasted because it happened with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. He was. And Indianapolis blew it. Like, you've got, what did the Chargers do? Justin Herbert had a, probably had the worst offensive line in the league his rookie year. They fixed it in one offseason. Right? They, had, they drafted Rashawn Slater. They picked up some free agents. They fixed it. Chargers got a great offensive line now. I mean, what is Dallas? I bashed Dallas a lot in this show, but so I'll, you know, they won yesterday. I'll give them a little credit today, right? What did Dallas do in Romo's last few years? Man, they built that offensive line. They drafted Tyron Smith and they drafted Travis Frederick and Zach Martin, right? And they, they brought in guys like uh, Ronald Leary to be their left guard and Doug Free was there for years. And it turned out to be the best offensive line in football. You've, Cincinnati's got the defense. They, secondary's not great. They could fix that, but that's not near as important as, as, as building the offensive line. Because I've always said it, the most important player in offense is obviously the quarterback. Second is a left tackle. And then 
all that follows from there with the offensive line. The offensive line, I've always said it in the show, it's like the air conditioner. You only notice it when it's not working. And you noticed it a lot. This year, last year, year before that, they still haven't fixed it. So Cincinnati, you have you have got to fix this offensive line before it's too late for the best quarterback you've ever had. But then again, it is Cincinnati. They, they tend to blow a lot of great talents. They had Carson Palmer, couldn't keep him healthy, right? They, they, they had a Boomer Esiason, couldn't win a Super Bowl. Now with Joe Burrow, who's to me surpasses both of those previous guys, man, you don't want to blow this. And some of this, hey, maybe some of this is uh, the Super Bowl loser curse. I, I, I said all offseason I didn't think Cincinnati would make the playoffs. And at the last second, I backed out of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to second guess my second guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I may go back to my original position. But, uh, yeah, that is that is a – it's not just a bad loss for Cincinnati and the fact that they lost to a team quarterbacked by Cooper Rush, just like they lost a game last week to a, a team quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky. But it's they've lost the game pretty much the same way. That Burrow obviously didn't have any turnovers yesterday like he did last week, but he he's not even going to be given a chance to be great if they don't fix this O line. Cincinnati's got one of the best receiving units in the league. Doesn't matter if Joe Burrow's on his back the whole game. Gotta fix it. Gotta fix it. Um, let's see. Do we do we have any? Let's see. We got some news coming in. Okay. Uh, just some NBA news. I've got them on Twitter. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that Arizona Raiders game. <laughs> that was nuts. Uh, so those of you who don't know, the Las Vegas Raiders had a 23-7 to lead late in the third quarter. They wound up losing the game 29-23. to Ravens, I'm sorry, Ravens. Uh, Cardinals scored 22 unanswered. Kyler Murray was simply spectacular. Yeah, especially in that last drive of regulation, just running all over the place, making plays with his arm, with his legs. Kyler Murray, we know, is one of the, the great talents in this league, without a question. Uh, but here's here's sort of what I took away from this. First of all, <laughs> the Raiders' defense is going to cost them a lot of games this year. It's I, I decided to pick the Raiders to win, to, not to win the division, but to make the playoffs out of that AFC West over the Chargers simply because I don't trust uh, uh, Brandon Staley in L.A., we're two games in. It is only week two, but it looks like Josh McDaniels once again in over his head. Some guys, some guys are meant to be coordinators. That's just how it is. Some guys are are good coordinators and they're not good head coaches. Vic Fangio to me is the prime example. Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. He's not a very good head coach. It is it, it, it happens. It is what it is, right? So I think that that could partly be the case. That's I wasn't a huge fan of them hiring Josh McDaniels earlier this year. Thought they should have kept Rich Passaccia the way the job that he did as the interim head coach of the of the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, part of my issue with Vegas is get the ball in the hands of Devontae Adams. Two catches for 12 yards. Run more reverses with him. Get him the ball. It's just like we're talking about Cincinnati. Get him the ball in space. They clear Devontae and Derek Carr clearly still have a great connection dating back to Fresno State. Those guys have not missed a beat. Don't you don't have to force feed him like Devontae was force fed in some ways in Green Bay. But get him the football in space with the opportunity to make plays. He's the best route runner in the league. He's got great hands, doesn't drop a whole lot of passes. He's faster than people give him credit for. Get Devontae Adams the football. 
And Hunter Renfro, and I feel bad for Hunter Renfro today. I mean, two fumbles. The last fumble gets returned for a touchdown uh, to, to end the game. It's crazy. But to me, for Vegas, we knew their defense wasn't very good. That, that that was a given. You knew their defense was going to lose them some games this year, you know, make games that they should win easily a little closer, which it felt like that was going to be that way yesterday until they just flat out lost the game. But then for the Raiders, offense specifically, you've got to run the ball. I mean, when you look at how Vegas ran the football, I, I don't know what's going on with, uh, with, with Josh Jacobs. He's not the same Josh Jacobs he was the first couple of years in the league. I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know if he's not ad- adapting well to the new scheme, if it doesn't fit him well. But the Raiders going to have to invest more in their offensive line and in a new running back. That's It just is what it is. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr was he was okay, right? He had 252 yards, two touchdowns, no, uh, no turnovers. But QBR 53, he did not have a passer rating over 100. Derek, Derek Carr is fine. Uh, but this is something that the Raiders have got, especially against a Cardinals defense. We talked about the Raiders defense being bad. Arizona's isn't much better. It's not. Well, we saw them last week against Kansas City, and I know that's Kansas City's offense. We know what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are capable of doing, but that's why I picked the Chiefs to score 40 points last week, which they did, because that Cardinals defense is awful. With all the losses this offseason and the injuries, so that, if you're Vegas, that is a game in that division. You gotta win that game. You've you've got a twenty three seven lead at home. You got a seventeen to nothing halftime lead. You gotta win that football game. You 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 have to. So, but for Arizona, the question now I think is: Has Kyler Murray breaking out of the slump? Because we know Kyler was ha- on pace to have an MVP season last year. He gets hurt, comes back, doesn't look the same. You know, Arizona loses I think six of their last seven games to close the season. And of course, they get housed in that playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams, but. I, I I don't know what's going on with with Kyler. Maybe his break, and he had a bad game last week. Obviously, has he breaking out of the slump? We'll see. But the, the, this is going to be interesting to see how Arizona how, how it plays out from here. Uh, who do the Cardinals play next week? Arizona plays. Hold on, here's the schedule. Oh gosh, Arizona plays the Rams at home. The Rams are four point road favorites, so that that'll definitely be a game to keep an eye on. Uh, that's and then they go to Carolina, play Philadelphia, Seattle. So. Arizona has, has has some winnable games. Again, they got two games in four weeks against the Seahawks. Seahawks came back down to earth a little bit yesterday. Okay, people are getting real high in Seattle after they beat Denver. That was Seattle. I said it last week. That was Seattle's Super Bowl. They they were juiced up for that game. They've been juiced up for that game all offseason at home against their former quarterback who they really don't like. They, maybe I should have seen this coming. They were bound to play well. They came back down to earth yesterday against the 49ers. Uh, but... Moving on to, to Green Bay and to Chicago. And, and that was a game the, the Packers were favored in minus 10, I think it was. It was 10 and a half, 10 is sort of fluttering around that area. And, and the Packers ended up covering the spread by 17. Here was my, my biggest takeaway from this one. People falling back into the trap again with Aaron Rodgers. Plays like garbage against an elite defense in week one. Comes back in prime time against a divisional opponent, a bad divisional opponent, I might, I might add. And lights it up. And everybody's back in the Aaron Rodgers train. Oh, Packers back. Packers going to the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. This is not a playoff team. But they run the ball well. I said that coming into the year. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. They called A.J. Dillon Quadzilla. I think that's an appropriate nickname for him. Offensive line is, eh. 
It's fine. You could really use David Bakhtiari. They got that Jenkins kid back last night, which helped them. They can run the football well. But Aaron does not have the rapport with these receivers. Sammy Watkins, uh, okay, what's going to happen when you play an elite defense? Al Mazard, he's fine. He's better in the slot than he is in the outside. Christian Watson, God bless the poor kid. He keeps making mistakes. Romeo Dobbs, Aaron isn't throwing him the ball. He's not throwing Mercedes Lewis the ball. Robert Tunyon, you're seeing Aaron double clutching a lot. He doesn't trust his wideouts, especially the way he trusts Devontae Adams for years. They feasted on a bad team. Mind you, this could have been a whole different football game midway through the fourth. Because the Bears got the ball. They drive not they didn't just drive it down the field. They ran it right down Green Bay's throat. I'm not sure Justin Fields had a completion on that drive. I mean, because they just kept running the football. Running it down Green, Bay, Green Bay's throat. They get down to a fourth and goal from the one-inch line. And if Matt Eberflus doesn't decide to run a quarterback draw in the shotgun, it's a one-score game. If he just runs a quarterback sneak with Justin Fields, again, we're talking literally that close to the end zone. Justin Fields just got to take the snap under center, reach over the goal line, touchdown, one-score game, whole different ball game in Green Bay. Green Bay still wins, I think, but it gets a whole lot more interesting. So you're playing a bad Bears team, which I believe is going to finish last in that division, last in the NFC North. And it could have easily been a one-score game midway through the fourth quarter at home at Lambeau Field. Mind you, in pretty good conditions. It is September, after all. It's not frigid temperatures in December, January like it gets there. So I was not blown away whatsoever by the Packers. I think they got a good defense. Jair Alexander, obviously, he had that late interception. He's in the conversation about being the best corner in football. You got that, uh, is is Kenny Clark, I think his name, the defensive tackle, number 97. Great run stopper. Preston Smith had a good night. Chicago's got a terrible offensive line. They've got a terrible receiving unit. Their defense is average at best. Justin Fields doesn't have a whole lot to work with. Okay, that they got that Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. I mean, what are we talking about here? Okay, that's that's like one of the few teams that has a worse receiving core than Green Bay. But Green Bay headed to Tampa next week to play that defense, and that improves secondary. We about to see how good Aaron Rodgers and those Packers receivers, where the rapport is at. Because I don't think it's very good. Because a lot of those are young guys. We know Aaron skipped OTAs. Uh, they had the, to, to do his ayahuasca, by the way, they, they had the ayahuasca touchdown celebration. I think it was Aaron Jones who started the night off or started the, the celebration. Everybody got there. Their, or no, it was, it was Randall Cobb. Yeah, Randall Cobb is a good friend of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, he, he served the ayahuasca. Everybody, everybody got a, everybody got a sip of it, uh, which, was, which was interesting. But th- this, is, this is not, don't fall in this trap, folks. It's a nine-win football team. I mean, look at Green Bay's schedule moving forward. They got Tampa next. They're not beating Tampa. They will beat the New England Patriots at home. At least they should. Okay, the Giants, all of a sudden, that's not looking like the game that I thought it was going to look like coming into this year. Because Giants' offense is average at best. That defense, though, is no joke. It's a lot better than Chicago's last night. And that's overseas in, I think that's I think that game's in London, if I'm not mistaken. So that's, that's going to be an early morning game here in the States. So keep your eye on that one. Maybe Giants pull the upset. Okay, they play, uh, Packers play the Jets. They should win that one at Washington Commanders. Dicey. They are not beating the Buffalo Bills. I don't believe they're beating the Detroit Lions. Detroit can score on anybody. Detroit's scoring points. Over, they scored 35 last week against the 
against the Eagles. How many score yesterday? I forgot what it was. Uh, what was it? 36 against the Commanders. But Detroit, they're going to be a six-win team this year, I think. Detroit can put points on, on the board. Okay, that's, that's two straight games of scoring 35 or more points. Okay, You look further down at Green Bay's schedule. Cowboys, I don't know. It's a toss-up. Again, to me, Dallas and Green Bay mirror each other. Elite quarterbacks, bad offensive lines, average receivers, great defenses. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Probably comes down to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is at Lambeau Field. That, that may be the deciding factor. Okay, but then you got the Titans who can run it down your throat. Green Bay is not a good run-stopping team. They had that problem last year. Part of what why they lost to the 49ers at Philadelphia, who can run it down your throat. Uh, Chicago again, Ram. They're not beating the Rams, even if the game's at home. Miami, listen, Jair Alexander can only cover so many guys. He can't cover Tua. I'm sorry, he can't cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. That's a little too much to ask for for Jair Alexander. He can't cover two guys. That could be a losable game on Christmas Day against the Vikings at home. I think Minnesota beats them, and then the Lions at home. So. To me, there's like two games where I'm like, oh yeah, Packers are gonna win that. Just go and slate that as a win. As long as they take care of business, as long as they don't, you know, as long as they don't uh crap the bed, they'll they'll take care of business, they'll win those games. But th- this is not a t- that game did not blow me away whatsoever. The Packers should have won that game. There's a reason Las Vegas had them favored by double digits. Mo- most NFL games are not double digit odds during the regular season, or certainly to the postseason, but especially divisional games. Like, that's college football stuff. Like, most college football games, we look at it, it's like, oh, okay, this team's favored by 21. That don't happen in the NFL very much. And there's a reason for that. Packers are better than the Bears. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They're, they're better at almost every, outside of middle linebacker, they are better at every single position than the Chicago Bears. And that could have been a one-score game midway through the fourth quarter. So that, that was not in any way, shape, or form like, wow, that was impressive by the Packers. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I'm telling you, the games we had yesterday, let me let me go through them. Let's see. Yeah, Jets-Browns. That was crazy. So that was my Bryson's bleak bets, and I was having some serious, serious doubts about, about that when I, I came that close to picking Cleveland. Cleveland was a six-and-a-half-point home favorite, but I'm like, you know what? I know they're better. I know they're at home. It's Cleveland. Cleveland's not starting 2-0. and They haven't started 2-0 and since like the 90s. They're not doing it this year, even if it's against the New York Jets. Joe Flacco, my man, put on a show. 307 yards, four touchdowns, passer rating of 110. Joe Flacco lit it up. You see that? Y'all got to see my man Barry Grant Jr.'s dummy of the week. It was hilarious. The, the elf at midfield for, for the Browns, I don't know what the heck that was. And I don't know what the heck the Browns were doing. Because let me set the stage for you. So they lead by seven with three minutes, to, with, with, with a minute to go. Okay. Nick Chubb has, the, has it wide open. He's going to score a touchdown. But if he slides at the first down, 
Browns can run the clock out. They can take a knee, game's over, good night, Browns are 2-0, and Jets are 0-2, and we move forward from there. No. Nick Chubb decides to score. He scores a touchdown. Jets get the ball back, score a quick touchdown. And then they recover the onside kick in large part. Shocker, shocker. I'd warn you about this, Browns fans. Amari Cooper. Dude is an A-plus talent with C-minus effort. He pulls a 2020 Atlanta Falcons. He just lets that ball go right by him, gets recovered by the Jets, and Joe Flacco throws the game-winning touchdown pass with about 20 seconds to go to win it for the New York Jets. So what a win for the Jets. By the way, Browns also missed an extra point on that touchdown by Nick Chubb. So everything that could have went wrong went wrong for the Browns. One last opportunity today for me to pick on Cleveland because I really enjoy doing it. I don't like Cleveland. I think it's a terrible city. Uh, well, it's got good people in the city. But overall, the fan base is garbage. Um, <laughs> the Browns are the first team. <laughs> I love this. The Browns are the first NFL team to blow a 13-point lead with under two minutes to go since, you guessed it, the Cleveland Browns back in 2001. So the Cleveland Browns are the last two teams back in 2020, uh, now in 2022, back in 2001, to blow a 13-point lead with under two minutes left in the game. It's the Browns way. It's Cleveland way. They uh, find a way to lose. It, it is the Cleveland sports way. Again, I always say, it took you maybe the greatest player of all time to win a championship. And he only got one with him. He was there for over a decade combined. He was at, what, 11 years? LeBron was in Cleveland 11 years total. He got one championship. That shows you how much of a dumpster fire Cleveland is. Okay? It's a terrible fan base. You, you saw the pictures and the stuff they were doing supporting Deshaun Watson. It's a terrible fan base. It's garbage. Okay. Moving on, Commanders-Lions. Uh, again, back to what I was saying earlier with Detroit. Detroit can put points on the board, man. And that Amonra St. Brown, you see the history he made? He became now the third receiver in NFL history. NFL history to have eight straight games of eight catches or more. The only other two receivers to have ever done that are Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. So that's pretty good company to be in, you know, just to, to, to start the season this way and dating back to last season. Again, Detroit's not a playoff team, but they're a tough out. They're like Jacksonville a little bit, where, and I'll get to Jacksonville in just a second. They're a six win team. They are tough as crap. Jared Goff was good. Uh, Winston play, all that great. He had that interception. Uh, uh, Goff threw four touchdown passes, but that Amonra St. Brown. He, he's he's a heck of a player. Um, so that's why I picked the Lions to win. By the way, I had a good week predicting. I had an awful week one, six, nine, and one. It was terrible. This week, thus far, I'm 10 and four. I'll predict the two Monday night games, one which kicks off in like literally 15 minutes. So I better hurry to predict it uh, at the end of the show. Uh, the Panthers lost to the Giants. Again, back to what I was saying earlier about the Giants. Offense is painfully average. Daniel Jones is the definition of a below average quarterback. But that defense, that defense is a problem for them. Not a problem for them, problem for the rest of the league. Okay, you got those playmakers on that side of the ball. Pass rush is good. Linebacking unit's good. Secondary's good. Now, let's keep it in context like we did with Tua earlier. They played Ryan Tannehill in week one. And even worse, they played Baker Mayfield in week two. And they're going to play Cooper Rush next week in week three. So when's the first time they play an elite quarterback? They play, When they play in London, when they play Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be their first elite quarterback, not until week five. but. 
I think it's safe to say the shock of the league, the fact that the New York Giants are 2-0. and If you told me that of the, however, man, how many undefeated teams we still have left? Like 10-ish, more or less? If you told me the Giants would be one of them, I'd tell you you're crazy. But they are. They're aggressive. They embody uh, what, what Brian Dable wants to do there. He said we want to be aggressive. Saquon Barkley's talked about it, and they have been. So credit to the Giants, 2-0 start on this new NFL season. Patriots beat the Steelers 17-14. It was about as ugly as the score would indicate. Average quarterback play, really good defenses. Steelers got a bad offensive line. That decided it. Patriots won the game. Not much more to say other than that. They ran the ball well, uh, so credit to New England. Uh, I believe that they would that they would beat Pittsburgh on the road, and they did. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville, stop me if you've heard this one before. Jacksonville absolutely mopped the floor with Indianapolis at home. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's really the number one pre- reason I picked Jacksonville. A, they're improved from last year drastically. And last year they sucked in part because they had Urban Myers, the head coach. But biggest reason I predicted that the Jags would win, because the Colts haven't won there since 2014. So why on earth would I break, break you know, predict that the streak would break yesterday? Matt Ryan was awful. Trevor Lawrence, I'm telling y'all, <laughs> that kid's amazing. He he is remarkable. I said, I'm about to talk about Trey Lance in a second. I said Trey Lance would have the best career because of where he landed. And man, it's not looking good for Trey Lance right now, especially now with this new injury. But Trevor Lawrence was the best quarterback. He, he is. He, he's, he's head and shoulders the best quarterback in that draft. Mac is the definition of average. Zach Wilson's below average. Justin Fields, we're, we're, unless something changes, we're not going to get a chance to see how good he can be because he's in Chicago. And Trey Lance is now injured with how many starts? Four. So we we don't really know. And from what we've seen, he's been okay. Trevor Lawrence is magnificent. The throws that he can make, he's fantastic. So good win for the Jaguars. First win for Doug Peters as the head coach there. Rams almost blew a 28-3 lead uh, over the Atlanta Falcons. It was a crazy game. Crazy. Uh, you know, Lan almost came back. Marcus Mariota threw that interception. Jalen Ramsey at the goal line to end it. So the Rams barely survived. Uh, they, they came out their hair on fire like they thought. I thought they would coming to make a point after they lost to Buffalo on opening night. But man, oh man, that was that was close. That that was a close call. If they start zero and two, lose the Falcons. Man, the noise noise going to surround the Rams, especially after they lost to the Bills on opening night the way that they did. Again, Niners beat the Seahawks twenty-seven to seven. Uh, we we know about the in- injury news. Terrible news for Trey Lance. He's out for the season with an ankle injury. I just saw on Instagram a couple hours ago. He just had surgery today. So wish Trey Lance the very best in recovery, rehab. Uh, it's it, the thing with Trey Lance. The thing with his development. It's been stunted in some ways, not just by this injury. He's played now. If going into next year, twenty twenty three, he'll have played six games ish, six seven games in like two, three years. So he has, I've been saying all offseason, he needs to get on the field. So now with this injury, his growth gets stunted even more. But now, it's Jimmy G time. He's back in the lineup. Presumably for the rest of the season, we see now why the 49ers made that move to keep Jimmy G around in case of a Trey Lance injury or in case maybe they bench Trey Lance in favor of Jimmy Garoppolo. He played well yesterday. Team looked like they had confidence in him. Hey, I, I, I've kind of been up and down, more down uh, more often on, on, on Jimmy G, but hey, that locker room seems to love him. He's a good leader for that football team. And so they'll ride with him the rest of the way. And, and listen, that that is a Super Bowl roster. They went to the Super Bowl 
a few years ago, championship game last year after sneaking into the playoffs as the sixth seed. We'll see where San Francisco goes from here. They got a big Sunday night game next week at Denver. Speaking of the Broncos, good lord, Th- that that was that was that was. If if you can call it this, it's probably the worst win I saw thus far through the first two weeks of the season. That was bad. Russell was awful. Nathaniel Hackett, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if he's a little in over his head. You, you see the penalties, the way he's using the timeouts. It, it's Jerry Judy's now injured. He got injured early in the game, didn't return. Uh, thankfully for the Broncos, they have Javante Williams. Unlike last week, they actually gave Javante Williams the football. And Russell Wilson did finish well. I think he completed eight of his last 11 passes. But early in the game, he was like eight for 20. He threw a pick to start the second half. He was getting booed at home. He gets booed in Seattle. Now he's getting booed in Denver. So it's for the team I picked to win the Super Bowl, not what I envisioned at all. Like I figured they would take care of Seattle. They would take care of Houston before their first real test next week against the Niners. Man, what what are the odds in that game in Denver? Let's see what they're at. San Francisco is a road favorite in Denver. Wow, they're favored only by a point, but they're still a road favorite to beat the Denver Broncos, which which says a lot about where both teams are at right now, particularly the Broncos. All right, so that's week two in a nutshell. Oh, in an hour and a half nutshell. It's a big nutshell. But we got two games left. We got two games left, starting with, let's go and get the background music going, starting with the Tennessee Titans going on the road to take on the Buffalo Bills. Last last season, they played a great Monday night game. Derrick Henry, single-handedly, not kidding, won me that fantasy game that night in Nashville. It was a back-and-forth game. Buffalo kind of blew the last sequence down in the red zone. And so you come into this game, Gabriel Davis is out due to injury, and we know Dude has been on a roll. Gabe Davis had those four touchdown catches against the Chiefs in that playoff game. It was the game of the year last year, and he played great. I think he had one or two touchdowns. I think it was two touchdowns against the LA Rams last week in the NFL season opener. And so Gabe Davis is gone, but you still have Stephon Diggs. You still have Knox, the tight end, Singletary, who had a great game last week. Great offensive line, and we know what Josh Allen represents. He's one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL. As for Tennessee... Very easily could be 1-0 today, right? For all of their miscues last week against the New York Giants, Ryan Tannehill, who I've been critical of, but he did his job, drove him into field goal range, and Randy Bullock, I think it was, it was Randy Bullock, I think it was, missed the game-winning field goal against the Giants. Uh, so Titans come in at 0-1. They are 10-point dogs on the road in Buffalo. I'm telling you, that place, there has never been higher expectations for the Bills since the 90s. We all remember the 90s. They went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four infamously. It's the only team to ever go to four straight Super Bowls, and they somehow managed to lose every single one. Most of them, with the exception of one, Scott Norwood, they lost most of them in blowout fashion. So that place is going to be hyped, ready to go. Bill's Mafia, the tailgate, I'm sure, is, is crazy. So I think the energy of the home crowd... Against a struggling Titans defense, it's, I mean, even the Giants had some big plays last week, so Buffalo's going to have plenty of them this week. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win this game and cover the spread by a final score of 20, I'm sorry, a a 34 to 20 over the Tennessee Titans. Moving on to the second Monday Night Football game, the game that I'm really looking forward to, two teams that 
are in the running, certainly to win their division, possibly to get the number one seed. And that's the Minnesota Vikings going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Two 1-0 teams, two impressive wins in week one. You've got Minnesota, I'm sorry, Philadelphia is a two-point favorite in this game. So they're giving Minnesota a shot here. Home team obviously automatically gets three points. This is an interesting one. This is one I sort of went back and forth on. Philadelphia runs the ball very well. So does Minnesota. And by the way, we know about the Kirk Cousins Monday night football curse. We know about the primetime curse, but the Monday night football curse is even is an even bigger one for him. What I'm looking at in this game is this. Philly secondary is the weakness of their defense. Their front seven is phenomenal. They fly all over the field. Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis, the two picks, from this year's draft out of Georgia, I, I said before the season, I thought N'Kobe Dean would be the defensive rookie of the year. You got all these, all these guys, they, they, they lost Derek Barnett for the season, unfortunately. So the, the, the story for the game is, can the Vikings give Kirk Cousins enough time to deliver the ball to his playmakers? Because if they do, with Jet, Justin Jefferson, with Adam Thielen, with all those guys, with, with Irv Smith, the tight end, running the ball with Dalvin Cook, that is good. This feels like a ball control type game for Minnesota. And for that, I think they pull the upset. I think they go on the road to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in the later Monday night football game. Kicks off around 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the ABC. Give me the Vikings to upset the Philadelphia Eagles 27-24 to in what is not really a Monday night double header per se. It's kind of a, it's kind of, it'll feel like Sunday a little bit. Because you'll have, obviously, the first game again, which kicks off in like four minutes. So I'm going to get off here quickly to go watch that. And then you got the other game, which kicks off at about an hour and 15 minutes from now at the time of the show. So for a while there, we're going to be watching both games simultaneously. It's fun. It's crazy. It's chaotic. It's the NFL. I I love it. Speaking of chaotic, shout out to Patrick Brown. Chaotic Sports Podcast. Go listen. All right. That is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. The show will not be live. Uh, it will be pre-recorded, but there will be a show, 6 Eastern, 3 p.m. 3 Pacific time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitter. Also, be sure to catch the Carving It Up podcast now on the Grid Podcast Network. Go subscribe to the Grid Network on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, but go check out the Carving It Up podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Anchor as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. I got to enjoy some football right now. I got to enjoy some football. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.